Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Winston Preparatory School is a leading school network for students with learning disabilities. Learn more about Winston Prep and register for an open house at www.winstonprep.edu. So let's get to know Keith Denning. Uh, Keith Denning is a new representative and a proud father and grandfather, according to his own bio. He has been a practicing certified registered nurse anesthetist for the last 38 years. He's worked on medical missions, including Operation Smile. And uh, I've invited him on. I've been wanting to get to know Keith ever since he got elected because he wrote an op-ed that was published in Good Morning Wilton. Quote, my constituents and I do not support currently proposed affordable housing bills in Hartford. Now, you know, we've been covering this issue with great specificity and in detail. And yesterday, in fact, we had Alexis Harrison and Maria Weingarten on of CT169strong.org. The podcast is available. But we really do want to know what legislators are thinking about this and why. Representative Denning, hello. Welcome to the Lisa Wexer Show today. Hi. Good morning. Thank you. It's nice to meet you. It's very nice to meet you, Representative Denning. Uh, part of my street is in Wilton, so and oh, that's great, where I do great. all my shopping and my dry cleaning <laughs> and the village market and all my walking with my dogs. I'm very connected. We love to, the town. We'd love to see you around town. Oh yeah, I love, love, love the town. Um, and by the way, just as an aside, before we get started, I, I understand that you've done some work with Operation Smile. By any chance, do you know my cousin, Dr. Andrew Wexler? He was with them for many, many years. The name sounds familiar, but I have met so many uh, wonderful physicians and nurses who volunteered their time. Uh, I'd have to go back and check my records to be sure. Yeah. He's a maxillofacial surgeon who, you know, fixes cleft palates. And every year for the past 30 years, he spent either a month in Vietnam or in Africa or in Mali, wherever he was, every single summer he would go with Operation. And, in fact, his daughter, Sarah, worked alongside him. So. It's a great organization. They do a lot of wonderful work. They do. So tell me, uh, Mr. Denning, why is it that you've come to the conclusion that your constituents, as well as you, do not support this proposed omnibus big zoning bill that's making its way through? Well, you know, one of the things I learned when I decided to run for office is that you have to make yourself known. And and during my campaign, I knocked on over 5,000 doors in uh, Wilton, New Canaan, and Richfield, the 42nd District. And everybody that I talked to felt that we needed to have more affordable housing, and and it's a real need in in Connecticut. Um, We are not going to grow our economy. Uh, In particular, in Wilton, we have ASML, which is the premier manufacturer of not uh, microchips, but the devices that make the microchips, and they want to bring on 1,000 to 1,500 new employees 
and we don't have the housing for them. So that means where are they going to live? And if they're not living in Wilton, then are we benefiting from the additional uh, economic growth that these people can bring in? So as I talk with most people, they feel that they would like to have more affordable housing units where people could come and live. People from college could come back and um, start their families in Wilton and people who want to downsize but stay in Wilton where they don't have to have a two and a half acre lot and a 4,000 square foot home. And right now, those avail- those uh, amenities are not available. So well, we, but in, well, like but I have- just wait, wait. But I do want to say that Wilton has already begun construction on a pretty massive apartment complex where the old uh, Melissa and Doug uh, toy thing was. I mean, it's pretty big. Right. Several right. hundred. So units. we are starting. Yeah. But that that does not meet the need for the number of people that uh, that are coming into the area just for new development and business growth. So this is not just our problem in Wilton. It's a statewide problem, and and the governor has made it his priority, as well as the majority leader, that we need to increase our housing stock if we're going to be able to increase our our ability to attract businesses to Connecticut. We're desperately low. They say between 80 to 100,000 units are needed. Um, If employers can't find or attract the employees they need because they can't live there, then they're not going to come here. And right now we are, we are so blessed with having great universities, not only in our state, but around us that employers want to come here because we have a talent pool that is unmatched on the East coast. So we need to find solutions. However, the state solution to this is on top of 830G which has been confusing for a lot of municipalities and hard to follow, uh, has proposed this new housing bill. And um, a lot of it is for rent control, not rent control, I'm sorry, we don't propose rent control, but we're trying to make it better quality for renters to come in and have a better relationship with their landlords. We also wanna help protect landlords when they have renters who can't pay their bills. We wanna make it that it's more fair for people who rent in the state. Those parts of the bill I do support, but this new, uh, a new uh, entity that would come in and define for the towns how many units they had to build and require them to build them over a certain amount of time. Uh, I think it's been, I think it's 20 years right now. I don't think it's fair. It doesn't give the towns the opportunity to grow in an in a, uh, economically sustainable way. If you're told you have to have so many units, then you don't even know that the market's going to apply, need those units or not That's need true. those units. And, right. and there has to be more of a dynamic growth than what the state telling towns how many units of housing they need to build. Well, so, and also, if you've read, we're talking with Representative Keith Denning of Wilton, New Canaan, and Richfield. If you, if you read the bill... What was striking to me is the bypassing of so many knowledgeable local boards and commissions who are X'd out of the process, who have made it their business to understand wetlands, flood and erosion control, steep slopes, gradation, uh, important aspects of a particular town's plant life and marine life and bird life. I mean, it it was just striking to me. And, and also, uh, while I, I support transit-oriented development, 
I think that is probably the most um, ecological way to develop, the most dynamic way to develop. But we don't have a train system right now that serves our public. And uh, the New Haven line, they, they, uh, it's back up and running. More people are using it. But the branch lines, they shut down New Canaan's for the summer to rebuild it, which I'm happy for that, even though for the inconvenience, we need to rebuild our train service. But as you know, the Danbury line, if you are not there at specific times in the morning and specific times in the evening, you can't get around because you have to wait two to three hours to catch a train. And it still takes a long time. It's limited in its scope. And if the state wants to fix a lot of its housing problems and get a more dynamic natural growth in housing, I believe we'd have to redo our train train systems and our road systems so that people can get around more quickly. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Yeah. And are they still doing diesel trains out of Danbury or have they stopped doing that? No, but they're still doing diesel trains. Um, the conversion, they would like to convert to battery, but that's going to be a few years away before we get the, uh, but there's no electricity uh, on the line that was all sold a few uh, administrations ago for a scrap metal, and really? in, hind- in hindsight, they should not have turned that down. So wow. they only have one line. Building a second line or even a, a, a bypass line would allow for maybe hourly trains. And I'm I'm talking to the Department of Transportation about what we can do to make it easier to get around. In Wilton, we are not we we have the Georgetown area. And uh, although it's not in our district, the old wire mill up there is a great place where we can start to build affordable housing. We can, um, it has some sewer capacity. It could be expanded. There's opportunities along Route 7 where we can build more affordable housing. And uh, we just need to encourage our towns planning and zoning to go ahead and get those areas listed where natural occurring or good quality affordable housing can be built and zone that and then let the outside market come in and do what they want under the restrictions of the town. You know, it's interesting that you should mention the Georgetown, the old, you're talking about that old red brick thing that everybody looks at and has looked at and looked at and looked at as an ideal site for retail, live work, affordable housing, fabulous apartments, pedestrian imagination. It never gets off the ground, Keith Denning. I don't know why. It never gets there, off the ground. It, it has some, as I understand it, and I'm not the expert on this one, but there are some old bonding issues that have to be uh, repaid or uh, negotiated before much can be done. But there is an organization up there 
uh, out of Reading that is working to get that going. I mean, because that could be a, just the most adorable little hamlet right there. Really, We have great opportunities. We have Cannondale. We have uh, the, the train station currently in uh, Walton, which is just in uh, – we, ha- we now have the amenity of crossing the bridge there to go right, right. into town. Right. And so getting housing in that area, and uh, there's the Godfrey Place uh, 830G, I think, is, is uh, coming now. But, I, you know, the problem that one of the problems I see between the state and the local governments is that the, the local municipalities are acting a little too slow and maybe a little disingenuous in building and creating affordable housing in their towns. And if the, if the towns were a little bit more assertive in defining those areas that they could allow more affordable housing, such as what they did for Melissa and Doug, basically to help with ASML's uh, employment problem, then I think the state would not be quite so aggressive. Uh, but there has been a real reticence in the municipalities to build this form type of housing. And a lot, most of the residents say they want to keep the, the ambiance of the town that they have. They mm-hmm. don't want it overcrowded. And I get that. But we have to do something if we're going to become an economic viability i'll tell you something keith i just saw this morning i don't know if you saw this i don't know how much you read neighboring journals and press but this morning the westport journal came out with a really interesting article about the fact that uh, danielle dobin who's the head of the pnz is proposing on some town-owned land that instead of building a a traditional affordable housing where it's only 20 percent affordable it's 80 percent non-affordable and it goes away after 40 years anyway that she is proposing, and it's getting a lot of good buzz, that they create a totally affordable housing, but not a multifamily. That these be cottage-like structures with actual setbacks and about 850 square feet, and they create a community of something that looks inviting on a manageable level for people. And I have to tell you that when you move to the suburbs, typically you're not looking for an apartment house. You're looking for a little plot of something in a, in a, in a different kind of vista. If you wanted the high rise, you would stay in the city. And so I think that that kind of an idea is going to be embraced in Westport. And that's the kind of imagination and creativity that I think a lot more towns would embrace. Because I, the problem I agree is, with you. You know, we keep being foisted the same model of, frankly, an ugly, boxy, four- to five-story apartment house. That's really not what people want to see in their communities, by and large. By and large. Right. And, and, I, and I understand that uh, Westport owns the land, and that's the key right there. Mm-hmm. If we own the land or we have access to the land, from, maybe the state has it and can uh, get the land, the real estate in Fairfield County is so expensive that to recoup your loss in an investment, you almost have to do multifamily uh, high level uh, or at least five or six stories to build because it may be a million dollars an acre to, to, to have own the property. Right. So the ability of Westport to be able to set that land aside, make it totally affordable is exactly the kind of solutions that we need to be looking for. Right. But when the state is talking about throwing $600 million at a problem 
and you and they've said the problem is affordable housing, then maybe to some extent they dole out some of that money, and then you have community consensus about a project that everybody can have going forward, especially if the whole thing is affordable. You see what I mean? That instead exactly. of just the twenty percent. Anyway, Keith Denning, it's been a pleasure to get to know you. Thank you for your service. We'll see what happens with this housing bill. We appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you for having me and have a good day. Thank you. We're going to be right back with Bruce Feiler. His book, The Search, Finding Meaningful Work in a Post-Career World, is a fabulous, fabulous deep dive into meaning and work. We'll be right back. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at lisa at lisawexler.com.